0: Crib Notes Podcast. I'm your host, Dylan Wall. Friends, we've been doing this show together for half a year now. Isn't that rad? Crib Notes are a concise set of notes used for quick reference, usually during a speech or test. In the next 10 minutes, we're going to give you the Crib Notes version of the major headlines from the past week. In each episode, we cover the White House, Congress, national headlines, international headlines, climate change, and some side story that doesn't quite fit into any of those categories. As always, a link to all my sources can be found in the description of this episode. Okay, here we go. The White House. You may remember Dr. Ben Carson as a candidate in the Republican primaries during the 2016 presidential election. He was appointed by Trump to head the Department of Housing and Urban Development, or HUD, a department which is supposed to create and oversee programs designed to help the poor and homeless. Carson's appointment was approved by Congress, despite his lack of any relevant experience, This week, on the heels of a budget proposal from the Trump White House suggesting significant cuts to the HUD budget, three troubling stories were reported by the New York Times, The Guardian, and The Washington Post. The first was that the budget for decorating the HUD office was set at $5,000, pretty standard for a department of its size. But then-acting HUD Secretary Craig Clemenson, who held the position before Carson's appointment, told then-Chief Administration Officer Helen Foster that, quote, $5,000 wouldn't even buy a decent chair. The second story was that Helen Foster then filed an official complaint against the department back in November, citing both that incident and another in which she discovered after examining the numbers that there was a $10 million discrepancy in the department's spending versus their appropriated funds. She was told that the department would not be reporting that discrepancy. She was then demoted, which she believes was related to her being outspoken about finances. The HUD, however, claims that shuffling positions in a governmental department is standard practice. The third story is that the HUD evidently spent $31,000 on a dining set for the office and plans to spend an additional $165,000 on furniture. Couple this with former HHS director Tom Price and his $1 million worth of private jet flights, and EPA director Scott Pruitt's $90,000 worth of first-class airfare since becoming secretary, one can't help but wonder if our tax dollars are really being spent responsibly. We could of course simply ask the Trump administration if these things are true, but according to a testimony before Congress given this week by White House communications director Hope Hicks, working for Trump requires the telling of quote, white lies. Incidentally, as I wrote this segment, the New York Times announced that Hope Hicks plans to resign within the next couple weeks. Congress. As protests and demonstrations mount after the Florida mass shooting, Congress seems poised once again to fail to pass any gun control measure at all. In a nutshell, Republicans in the Senate have agreed to vote for a modest improvement of background checks, but not to an expansion of the procedure. Essentially, the law would, quote, encourage federal agencies and states to provide information on individuals' criminal histories to the FBI's National Instant Criminal Background Check System. Senate Democrats feel that this is not nearly enough, and are considering voting against the bill unless Republicans agree to vote for broader measures as well. Meanwhile, the only way the House was able to pass even that modest background check improvement was to couple it with a provision expanding concealed carry protections. The provision allows those with concealed carry permits in their home state to take their firearms across state lines, something Senate Democrats resoundingly oppose. All in all, it doesn't look like much will happen on the federal legislative level in response to the February 14th mass shooting. Outside of the legislative battle, however, dozens of companies have revoked their support of and or partnership with the NRA, Dick's Sporting Goods has announced they will stop selling assault-style weapons, Emma Gonzalez, a survivor of the Parkland mass shooting who has recently become a vocal gun control activist, surpassed the NRA in Twitter followers, and a massive school walkout is being planned for March 14th, with millions of students around the country pledging to participate. national headlines. Immigration has been a hotly debated topic for decades, but in the past year the pot has seemed ready to boil over. This week the Supreme Court declined to hear a case about DACA, which by default means the ruling from a federal judge is upheld and the DACA program will be allowed to continue for the time being. However, it is worth noting that several steps were skipped in the attempt to get the case to the Supreme Court, which was one of the main reasons they declined to hear the case. It will now most likely drop down to the appellate court system, which exists between federal courts and the Supreme Court. the DACA program is not likely to end on March 5th as Trump intended the reprieve for DACA recipients is probably fleeting Popping up again in the news this week, the Supreme Court ruled 5-3 that immigrants, even those with permanent legal status or those seeking asylum, can be held indefinitely without receiving bond hearings. Up until the ruling, rules required that immigrants being detained by immigration enforcement be given a bond hearing every six months to re-establish the charges and the requirements for release. Due to this new ruling, however, those hearings are no longer required. Immigration and Customs Enforcement, or ICE, arrested over 150 people in the San Francisco Bay Area last weekend on suspicions that they are undocumented. That number might have been as high as a 1,000, according to ICE Deputy Director Thomas Homan, if not for Oakland Mayor Libby Schaff. On Saturday, Schaff announced to cameras and reporters at a press conference that she had it from multiple sources that ICE would be performing raids in the Bay Area. Now, a memo from ICE claims that between 80 and 90% of the people they detain have passed criminal records. But the Washington Post reports that, at least in this Bay Area raid, only about 50% of those detained had criminal records. It is also worth noting that while overstaying the term of an immigration visa is considered merely a civil offense, resulting in deportation, undocumented entry or re-entry into the United States constitutes a criminal offense. So a criminal record, despite its connotations, might well consist only of an immigration status violation international headlines. China is making a push to abolish presidential term limits. The two-term, ten-year limit placed on the president and vice president were added to the Constitution as China tried to move away from the dictatorship of Chairman Mao through the 50s and 60s. Political analysts do not seem very surprised about the move itself. What surprises those who follow Chinese politics is the timing. Xi's first term as president doesn't end for another month. He already won a second term, voted in by Congress months ago. So analysts don't understand why Xi wouldn't have waited until close to the end of his second term to legalize his continuing reign. In any case, the measure seems poised to pass, and Xi, who, in addition to the presidency, also holds the positions of General Secretary and Military Chief, two titles which also have no term limits, seems likely to win a third term and stay in power indefinitely. Climate Watch The highest court in Germany ruled this week that cities have the right to ban diesel vehicles due to the high levels of pollution such vehicles produce. According to NPR, the ban could affect as many as 12 million car owners in Germany. Interestingly, Germany represents something of a mystery in its environmental policies. It has one of the world's most extensive recycling programs, has all but abandoned nuclear power, and provides large subsidies for wind and solar energy. At the same time, however, Chancellor Merkel has lobbied for softer emissions targets, and her administration has actively avoided setting any kind of official date for ending coal production. Thus, the nation's carbon emissions have stayed virtually the same for the past ten years. Side Story I saw a headline about a man in Canada named Mike Delahunt, who, according to this article, got stuck on a block of ice and floated on that ice block down a river for hours. After numerous attempts of rescue by firefighters, the ice block finally touched ground and Delahunt simply hopped off and was taken to the hospital. No one was quite sure how he got stuck on the ice, or for how long he was riding it. He was already floating down the river when he was first spotted. Bizarre as this story already is, it only gets stranger. That article linked me to a follow-up article, which reported that once at the hospital, Della Hunt was confronted by police, who identified him as the suspect they had been looking for all day. That morning, officers responded to a domestic assault call, but upon arrival, the suspect had already fled. Using a police dog to follow the man's scent, police were led to a riverbank, where the scent suddenly ran cold. The police, upon hearing about a man floating down the river on a block of ice, suspected that it might be their man, and it was. As it turns out, a second follow-up article informed me, not only was he the suspect of that morning's domestic assault, but Delahunt was also something of a criminal celebrity. Back in 2014, he pled guilty to causing bodily injury to several people and uttering no less than three death threats when he decided to use a public park as his own personal golf course. This incident earned him the nickname the notorious park golfer in the media. Delahunt now faces nine criminal charges, including assault and willful damage of property the various victims of his assaults reportedly suffered only minor injuries. That's it for this week, friends. If you like the show, you can subscribe, rate, and review it on iTunes. You can also go to patreon.com slash dylanwall to become a sustaining subscriber. You'll get fun rewards for signing up as a monthly donor. Rewards start at just $1 a month and range from a personalized thank you card and a shout-out on the air, all the way up to a guaranteed Crib Notes in Focus episode on the topic of your choice. So if over the course of this year you find yourself with 12 extra dollars, that's one dollar per month, about 25 cents per episode, consider using it to help make this show happen by going to patreon.com slash dylanwall. You can find that link in the show notes. A huge thanks this week to Natalie Anderson for becoming a sustaining member, and for just being generally awesome. If you have questions, concerns, corrections, suggestions, or want to speculate with me what it might feel like to sit in one of the HUD's $5,000 chairs, feel free to email me at thecribnotespodcast at gmail.com. You can find that email address as well as a link to all my sources in the description of this episode. You can also follow us on Twitter, at cribnotescast. Throughout the week, I post breaking news and interesting articles so you can stay informed between episodes. And if you find good articles or stories you'd like to hear covered, send them to me via Twitter or email. I'd love to know what you guys are interested. Last week we did a story about the ADA, which I heard about from my friend Mary, and our very first in-focus episode about the national debt was a suggestion from my friend Chuck. You all help make this show what it is. Friends, you're great, and if there's any news next week, I'll talk to you then.